fifth anniversary, which is super exciting. Fifth anniversary of being in Texas. That's why we have all this Texas stuff back here. Uh, so I'm going to kind of go through, and we're going to have some fun looking at some of our history um, a little bit, because anniversary, and that's what you do. You go back and look at stuff, talk through a little bit of that. And then at the end of the message, I'm going to talk a little bit about where I believe that God wants us to go and kind of the ride that we're going to be on together. And then we're going to take a little bit of time and pray together for uh, what God is doing and where God's taking us, and just for him to be the one that's in charge, right? For him to be the one that's leading. And I titled this, There Will Be Miracles. And do you know how we know there's going to be miracles? Because there already has been miracles. Like, we've seen them over and over and over and over again, right? So, like, I know, like, it's going to be hot next summer. Do you know why? I've been there. I've done that. Okay, there's some things that are just predictable, when you're following God and you're trying to live in his kingdom and live after his ways, you're putting yourself on the line and living by faith, guess what? It's as predictable as summertime here that, you know what, there's going to be miracles, lots and lots of them. Uh, this first photo here shows our first service, uh, which this was in our living room, uh, same living room we're in now, and this is our little crowd gathered around. You can see Donnie there playing guitar and uh, having a great time on his singing right there. Uh, you can see Mr. Cajon there. Uh, Jason. And so actually, I'm going to have uh, the people that are still here, uh, which almost everybody really from our, our first plant, except for a couple families, uh, some that moved to other places, are still around, are still here. So people that came to help this plant, uh, Bertels up here, uh, stand up. Go ahead on your feet. Jensen's. Josh is out cooking food right now. Uh, Elliot's, any and all Elliot's. Uh, Brown's uh, came and helped us get this thing started. Matt Watts back here. Uh, Tompkins, uh, we had Snalems, which are always up in the balcony uh, somewhere. Where's Donnie? I was looking for him, but I don't see him. Snalems all up in the balcony. So uh, there's a bunch of people here. Yeah, a whole row up there upstairs, people still serving. Uh, if that doesn't tell you uh, that our church is here to um, serve, uh, you guys can sit down. We're, not, we're here to serve. Uh, everybody is really still serving. Everybody's still working. Everybody's still trying to uh, do the mission, which is to bring people to Jesus and help people in that way. And so uh, we're just thankful that God has uh, not only uh, helped us to get planted here and start in this little living room, but God has helped us to grow and to continue to just pack the place out and see lives changed. And that's the beginning. And the reason that's important now is because if we've seen God do that, right, those were just seeds of faith. Okay, but if you go and plant a crop and you plant a couple of plants and they grow, and then after that, they have more seed, and then you plant those, and they grow, right? What happens over time, right? The crop just gets bigger and bigger, right? More things happen. It's, it's repeatable. The same seeds of faith that we sowed, a lot of you are sowing now. You're sowing through showing up, through serving, through giving, through doing ministry, through talking to your neighbors. I mean, all these different areas that you guys are, are investing yourselves is we're all in the same boat. We're just seed being thrown, and trying to bring people to Jesus. And now we're doing it together. We started, but we're all doing it together. And this next picture is our, where we moved to after uh, our living room, which was a furniture store. And so we were there. Uh, we actually started in a little cubby in a furniture store when we first got into a building. We outgrew that pretty quickly, and we ended up in the main furniture store, which was all like Lazy Boy recliners, sofas, sectionals. It was amazing for everybody except for the preacher um, because I didn't get his lay in them, and everybody else was falling asleep. And you just kick them back, and like you say, all right, let's begin. And everybody hits the button. Oh. Right, that's not, though. No, everybody sit up. Come on, we're in service. So then we were out of there, but that was an awesome time. And some people are still in our church today that came and joined us in the furniture store. 
Because God moves us along to different steps and different places of, of church growth. And along those steps and in the different places he takes us, guess what? There's other people getting on the bus. And he's going through. It's like, well, why are we in this location? Well, God's like, well, I've got people that I want on the bus. And people come and they join. And I don't remember everybody that joined us at every stop, but I believe that Megan and, and her girls joined us at the furniture store, uh, Megan Lavelle, and came in. If we went to Ben there, guess what? We wouldn't have a Megan Lavelle in our church. And so it's important. Every step God takes us, he adds people that he's like, hey, I want them to be a part of what's going on there. Um, but we were there, at the, there for a while, and then we moved to the school, um, which was exciting. Uh, and that was over at Highland Park Elementary School, and we had people join us up over there. We met in the school. That was interesting if you were a part of our church back then. It was super exciting because we'd show up on a Sunday, and you had no idea what the decorations were going to be because it was an elementary school. So like we show up and the whole place is decked out in Day of the Dead. We got skeletons everywhere. We got all kinds of stuff going on. And then we show up on another Easter one year. I showed up for Easter and I had this whole Easter message planned. I show up and we walk into the cafeteria and they had a little stage like this for their uh, little elementary school plays. I walk in, I look at the stage and the entire thing is fully decked out in Dr. Seuss. No warning, no information. And, you know, you got like a serious Easter message, but the whole thing's Dr. Seuss. So very quickly had to like do a change up, go with a different Easter message. And we kind of ended up, I think, going off Horton, here's a who. And like, you know, God seeing us on our little planet down here and had to change it up because we were in elementary school. And so we were there for a while and that was super fun and uh, trying to uh, meet in there. We got kicked out of there. Thank God uh, that we got kicked out because we wanted to move anyways, but we got kicked out at the wrong time. We got kicked out because of COVID and got booted out and schools shut down and kicked us out. So we went to the greatest place to have church ever, Zoom, which was fantastic. So we had 16 weeks of church on Zoom. And so everybody popping up like the Brady Bunch, if you ever saw that old show, a bunch of little boxes and like, okay, we got everybody here and you can see and everybody's on there, and we have to mute everybody, and they can't talk, and we try to unmute, and then this back and forth, like, fiasco of things, and I was trying to set up the preaching in my media room, so I'd have, like, a little thing like this, and then a camera, and trying to, like, keep it somewhat churchy, and so I'm trying to, like, do the little sermon thing into the Zoom, and of course, you know, reception's who knows what, so you get halfway through, and then the internet shuts down, and then we're just all on Zoom hanging out, and then it comes back on, and it's back, and it's forth, how fun exciting but we had people that stuck around and at the end of the thing just to make sure it felt like church we would just unmute everybody and let there be a free-for-all of people talking over the top of each other just like it is in the chapel after church today you won't be able to hear anybody but everybody's lips are moving and it feels like fam uh, we'd move on but people stuck around and they stayed in community and in connection the reason we did zoom which was a really challenging thing to do uh, a lot of churches didn't do zoom they just went to streaming like you know we're just going to stream the message and people can watch it um, the reason that we decided to go with the chaos of Zoom is because we really believe that God called us here for the mission that we're on, which is to teach people to love God, love people, right, and live like we mean it. And you, a stream is one way. And we're like, well, a Zoom at least keeps us in community. It's total chaos, uh, but we're going to try it. So we just Zoomed and went four months. We didn't know how long it would go. Went four months. Came out of there, and we went, uh, we tried to come into this building, uh, but it wasn't, uh, we didn't uh, get a yes, so we were unable to work out a deal, so we went to a hotel. And so that's where our next picture is at. We were at a hotel, and that was super exciting. And we were meeting up over there, and this is the one, uh, I think it was the Marriott Regency or something over off of 35, and we were there. 
and we would meet and had a huge hotel room and COVID was there and we had masks and no masks and sick people and unsick people and vaccinated and unvaccinated and we're trying to figure out how do we even do this. Um, we were in Williamson County where they don't care about life at all so we could still meet. This is amazing. Um, and so we were all still trying to meet and some weren't trying to meet. And we were, it's a whole chaos. Like we literally, this church was birthed in total chaos. And it's been just a total dysfunction of the world that we're in. Um, and so we're there, and we try to do like, okay, on this half of the church, we can have people with masks, and on this half of the church, we can have people with no masks, have a little no mask section, and then we're doing all these things just trying to like, how do we actually do this thing? And a lot of prayer, and just a lot of people just saying, you know what, this is hard, and this is chaotic, but we are just all committed to trying to love Jesus, and trying to love each other, and trying to walk this out. And we saw it every step of the way, people joining up, getting on the bus. We saw people coming in broken and hurting and people having different challenges and God bringing healing and God bringing uh, reconciliation in their families. And we've just watched God do miracle after miracle after miracle. And, you know, in Colossians it says that Jesus says he was before all things and in him all things hold together. Okay, there's no explanation for how you can start at the beginning of chaos with a few people in a living room and just continue to grow and see through all these things, see God bringing people together and bringing healing and restoration. If you remember in 2021, I think it was, we had a whole service where we uh, pointed out everyone's radical differences. And it was a kind of a preemptive church split. It's like the tensions were so high just culturally, like we have people like burning down cities and we have people like all the stuff with the COVIDs and the vaccines and we have all the stuff with the politics and I mean all the stuff, there's the tension. I mean, you could just wake up in the morning and you just feel like the humidity of life just suffocating you. And so we come to church on Sunday and stand up and people are starting experiment of, okay, if you voted for Trump, stand up. If you voted for Biden, stand up. And people are standing up next to each other and looking and going, I walk with you. Like, I thought we were friends. I don't even know you. You don't have a vaccine? I could be dead right now. Like, the whole thing was just, but we just said, you know what? We're going to point out all of our differences. Why? Because in spite of all the many differences and challenges and difficulties, we do have something in common. And that is that we all have had to come to Jesus and come to the cross because we all are broken, hurting. We've had things to repent for, and we need Jesus. Is that we need God in our life. We're able to say, do you know what? We have that in common. And some of it will get sorted out in heaven, but we've got this in common. So let's just come in together and love each other. And so we've been through all these things together. At the end of the hotel time, we paid uh, a fortune for this cake uh, that looks like a box truck. Um, I say a fortune because we literally had just come off of four months of Zoom, and we're in the middle of like a pandemic, and we had the snowpocalypse. Remember that? You know it's been bad when you don't even mention the snowpocalypse in your first thoughts. Like the whole state of Texas shut down. Like the governor almost had to resign. The whole thing was a disaster. We had people sleeping in the church. We're getting bottled water to deliver out to people. People are delivering each other water just so they can flush their toilets. The whole thing's a disaster. And you don't even think of that. That's like an afterthought because right? it's just been that wild. But in the middle of all that, when there's like no money and everybody's broke and there's people dying all over the world because they can't eat, my wife was like, we need a box truck cake. I'm like, there is no chance we can do a box truck cake. Like we can't even, we got to have a box truck cake. Well, I lost. We had a box truck cake. Praise God. And so we moved, our church was living out of a box truck for the first uh, couple of years. And uh, when we cut that up and we dispersed it out and ate it, then we sold the box truck and it was gone. And it was really a hard day for everyone, especially Robert Goodman. Because Robert Goodman lived to organize the truck. 
And he would stand at the back of the truck every Sunday, and as we loaded it, he would just go. I go, what's the deal, Robert? And he's like, that shouldn't have gone in first. You see, if you pull that out and you put that over and you slide that to the back and you move that up, he says, you could fit a lot more stuff in here. I'm like, it's 120 degrees right now, Robert. And no matter what order we put this in, it all fits. So we're just going to put it in. Well, if you get it in and close the door. But I'll bring it to your house and park it in the driveway. If you want to unload it and re-put it in in a good way, we could do that. But he had a chart. Maybe he had a whole thing written down, like what should go in at what order. He had a whole thing happening. And then we sold the truck. And now he's been just wandering around doing whatever April tells him ever since. Because he has no other place. No other place to be. But these are the things that happen. So we've been through stuff. We've had a lot of victories together. This next slide shows one of our great victories uh, that we have had together. And so um, if you don't know what this is, um, we were how just a couple of months into being here, I think. We were barely here. And we get here, and uh, little Eliana, who was only like two at the time, uh, has to go to the doctor because her legs won't stop hurting. And so they finally take her in the doctor. She's getting a fever. Her legs up hurting. It turns out she has leukemia and had to beat it twice. Uh, and this is just the, the church family, the beat gathering around. And you couldn't go close because she had, you know, immune system way down. And COVID things were happening and all this stuff going on on her second time of going through it. And this is everybody just gathering on the front lawn. I get emotional. And just cheering for her and then bringing her out to the door. And I was just saying, hey, we're together. We're with you. And she's here. She's Live and well and kicking. Guess what? She lasted and she beat it. So we beat a lot of things here together as a church, trusting God. You know, we beat cancer. We beat uh, addiction. We've seen addiction beaten. We've seen uh, people that couldn't afford their bills. We've seen that beaten. We've seen uh, broken marriages restored. We've seen, I mean, so many things that the enemy has brought. But guess what? If God is for us, right, who can be against us? We have seen God just continue to bring victory and continue to bring victory and continue to bring, bring victory as people... Uh, come together and stay together, right, and fight together, and we were, and we war together in the spirit, and this next one shows just people serving, you know, we, uh, whether it's the, the single mom's oil changes or uh, doing uh, other things with the, you know, we've given gifts out for Christmases, and we've gone and served at the Pflugerville Pregnant, I can't put all the photos up here, we'd be here all day, this church is doing stuff almost every day, there's something going on, people out serving and ministering, working together, because the goal was not just to have a Sunday service and have a great show. Right? The goal was love God, love people, live like we mean it. And that means that we go out of here and we do. But guess what? We can't do by ourselves. The people that even just were in that living room can't do by ourselves. These things are happening because we are doing. Right? You're doing. You're part of it. I mean, you're, we're all working together and we're making things happen. And we're making things uh, out there in the community change because real lives are being touched. Real people are finding Jesus. Real people are finding restoration. Real people are finding healing. And so that comes through all this work. And, you know, people have come to the church through these oil changes. They've come through all the different outreaches that we've been doing. This next one, you'd be shocked that we actually needed this. Um, But uh, this was when we uh, were able to all dress up and get training as firemen, which was pretty fantastic. Um, We were actually celebrating uh, John Clay's grandpa, who's a volunteer firefighter for many years. And so we had a fire department uh, donate us a bunch of stuff to use for that as we were preaching on things. But this, uh, we didn't think we'd ever actually need until we had a wedding here and the entire back property caught on fire. And boy, were we ever thankful that we knew how to fight fires because we had gone through some training, 
and we had worked on it. And that was Cody and Haley's wedding, yes. And so like an hour before their wedding, our whole backfield caught on fire. You could see it from the 45, just smoke billowing up from where the church was. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. What a great, what a great way to go. Hey, our, our church was started in a lot of chaos, so hey, that's probably a good sign, because we're doing good. I'm sure you all are going to do great. You're all just going to do awesome. And uh, they said they wanted it to be like a country western type thing, so it really turned into that. I mean, we had guys fighting prairie fires. We had uh, somebody on the property, I won't mention, but they pulled a gun on one of our guys because they were trying to get him out of their house for a fire, and they're like, why are you breaking in? Get off my property. We're like, whoa, wait a minute, we're just trying to save you. I mean, a very wild west. So it was the most western wedding of all. Uh, we have, you know, our upstairs uh, areas up here are just packed with stuff. We have people coming up and down the stairs uh, just carrying stuff that we're giving out for either Christmases or foster closets or different ways to reach out and to serve and to help the community. And again, that's just the whole church coming together and ministering and working to really share God's love with people. And we just see that it's like they're in here and they're working. It's like, hey, what's going on at church today? I don't know, but something is. It's never empty. There's always something happening. Why? Because people really care. You know, we don't drive all of it. And we're not doing signups every day like, hey, there's something that needs to happen. There's something, we're a church. We should be doing something. People are doing because their heart is full of love, right? And our, their heart motivates them to serve and to love and to care. And that's you guys. That's what the beat is. You know, and that's what the beat stands for, right? The beat is heartbeat, right? It's not music, although music is great in Austin, but it's really about heartbeat and having the heartbeat of God and really having his love in us. And we're seeing that, that play out. Uh, this is coming up soon, Friendsgiving. Um, now, Friendsgiving has been an awesome time. We started that actually in a community center um, over by, uh, by our neighborhood. It's just a small little like community room with a swimming pool. We quickly outgrew that, went to the next place and the next place, and we're here. And honestly, it's outgrowing the church. Uh, if you were here last year, it was kind of uh, chaos. It's hard to, to hear. It's hard to eat. Everybody's shoulder to shoulder. And so it's outgrowing, but it's reaching people, and people are coming in. And the idea of Friendsgiving is that people have community and connection that maybe don't have friends and family around, and they have a chance to come and celebrate and be around family and be together. And so we see that God is using that to bring people into a place of having community and having love. And so there's just been all of these different activities. Father's Day for the fatherless. Uh, this is one of my favorite things that we do. Um, and we just have men coming and saying, hey, you don't have a dad. We're going to spend time with you. And we've been doing that every year. Do you know why? Because the Bible says that God is a father to the fatherless. And so we know that he cares about people that they don't have a dad around. Our society and our culture may not. We got a lot of really bad feedback online this year. People just slamming us like, I can't believe you're trying to have something, saying these kids don't have fathers and that's a bad thing. They don't need fathers. They're fine, blah, blah, blah. Do you know what? They do need fathers. They do need fathers and they need mothers. And they need people to take care of them and to love them. And that's our responsibility. And while they're not my kids, Jesus said, love your neighbor. They said, well, who's my neighbor? Well, the person that needs your neighbor. You know, there's kids out there, well, who's my kid? Well, they're their parents' kids, but when they don't have a, a parent, God said, you know what, well, somebody step in and love on these kids. And so we're trying to t- step out and do that. We've seen kids um, doing that. Only in Texas can shooting be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, hey, we're going to do shooting. Oh, that's great. We actually had them going out and shooting real guns at the range and stuff. Um, we don't have photos of that, but uh, the limit of what we can put up. But there was this great time of people learning gun safety. That's the point, gun safety. Teaching gun safety, that was the whole issue there, okay? And so slingshots, you know, guitars, sports, um, all kinds of things, uh, how to work on cars, I mean, all that stuff. And so it's just been really awesome. This next picture is uh, people out serving. 
Oh, there's a widow and her whole uh, fence was broken down. Uh, there's Kyle. Um, the thing about Kyle is, that's kind of like his always face because he takes care of this property now too. And so he's out there doing weeds and he's out there doing all these different things. And then he's actually, they were, him and Jenna were here until 9 last night, 9, 9.30, painting all these new yellow stripes that we have on our parking spaces. So yeah, they were here last night. So um, you can give them a hand for that and then you can also um, repent for that because the whole reason we had to repaint those is because y'all can't park. We're like, people are taking up five spots, and their cars aren't even that long. I don't know how to do this. But, you know, Kyle's like, I want this to be really nice before our anniversary service. I didn't even ask him about it. He's like, I'm going to get these painted. I want to get this done. We're going to go make this good. Because they love the people here, and they love the church. And they love what guys showing up, digging holes, putting in fences, uh, just helping people. This isn't even somebody that goes to our church, because not everything we do is for people in our church. We do stuff for people. And the, at the end of a lot of the things that we do and we're serving, we're not doing them and then saying, oh, okay, we did that. Now you got to sit through a 15-minute gospel presentation. We want to just love them. And it's not, well, I love you if you'll sit through my, um, you know, through my timeshare uh, presentation. You know, have you heard about eternity? It's very nice. Um, we can do that, but we also just want to love them. Just genuinely love them. And let God and the Holy Spirit work on people and see where that leads to. Uh, this next one, open mic nights. We've been putting on open mic nights and having the community in and seeing some really, really untalented people. Um, <laughs> I know that's not what you thought I was going to say. <laughs> and also some very talented ones as well. Both. All the above. Do you know why? Because it's meant to be fun and family and connection and people just coming and saying, do you know what? I just want to come here and I just want to be able to show off my gift or show off what I think's a gift. And I just want to be able to be a part of something. And it gives people a chance. We had a lady come in and she was in here, and she had not left her house literally since COVID. This was probably six months ago. I hadn't even left her house since COVID. Um, hadn't been out. She'd stayed home. She did everything from home. And somehow, somebody got her out of her house to come to an open mic night. And she comes to the open mic night, and by the end of the night, she was just, and she'd been in her house almost like two and a half years. And she comes out, by the end of the night, she's got her mask off. She's got, she's up at the mic singing. And she's like singing this whole song and stuff and just opened up and just like back into community. And she'd been isolated and alone and broken. And these kind of things, they help people come together and just experience God's love. Uh, we had our men's retreat. There's also a ladies' retreat, but um, I didn't go, so I didn't have photos. Um, but I heard it was amazing. <laughs> I heard it was amazing. And so, but the men's retreat was fantastic. Give it up for the men. All right. Um, and so we had an awesome time, and guys just there coming together and loving on each other. We had different guys sharing, different guys speaking, uh, just from the heart, and it was awesome. Uh, you can see in the top uh, corner picture, there's one guy with his hand uh, raised. He's praying in uh, Brazilian, no. Portuguese. I guess Brazilian is not a language, but he's praying in this Portuguese language from Brazil. And so he's up there praying, and he's not even praying in English. And whatever he's praying, man, everybody just started crying. And just God was moving and touching people's hearts. You know why? Because God loves people from all different backgrounds, different races, different countries, from different experiences. And God's just like, you know what? I want unity and I want love and I want to pour out my spirit on people. And it was just an awesome time. Uh, this next one is just us here praying together. Uh, we love to get awkward and just say, you know what? We know you come here to sit and just to kind of like be in your little 
chair. If you're normally going to church, not us, but if you're normally going to church, like I'll come in and sit here. And then we say, oh, no, we're going to mess that up. Everybody come pray together. And we've seen actually just in those groups, I've watched people, like you're watching, and people come out of the groups bawling and crying. Not because pastors are ministering to them or staff is ministering to them, but because we are the body of Christ. And as we pray for and we connect with each other, we see God moving in people's lives. And foster closet, I got a couple more photos, and then I'm going to share what I was going to share today. But this is who we are. It's one thing to say this is what we want to be or who we want to be and what we want to do. It's another one when it's just who you are. And we really are people that are loving and serving and caring. This next one is of our foster closet. Uh, we're doing drive throughs and giving out uh, clothes and toys and furniture to people. This was started in a storage unit right in the middle of COVID. We started a foster closet. Uh, because you know what? Foster families needed help. And they especially needed help then. And so we started it. We got a storage unit at a, at a U-Haul place. Uh, and we started packing it in there. Uh, John, uh, Clay, and Khaleesi built our first shelves. And they were in there. I got pictures of them laying on the shelves. Uh, but I couldn't give them away, so we still have them. Uh, but they were on the giveaway shelves after they built them, and then we worked there, and then uh, we were running that for a while, and Nicole came and took it over, and people have been in there just constantly helping and running and making that awesome. And you see Kyle riding his unicorn there. Um, so he's not always looking like the sweaty old wiped-out guy in the pulling weeds. Sometimes he's in here riding unicorns, and that's awesome too. Uh, the ladies are up there, I mean, carrying stuff up and down the steps and in and out, and that room up there is crazy hot. Uh, you can lose like five pounds up there just being up there for a couple of minutes. Uh, L3 uh, has just grown and grown and grown. It just keeps getting bigger, and people are bringing food and providing meals, and, and people are coming in that uh, are hurting. And what's cool is when somebody's coming in hurting, and then we watch after several months, all of a sudden other parts of their family are coming in. And that doesn't usually happen at recovery groups. It's usually just for a place for somebody to come and be like, I'm hurting. And then they just talk about that forever. But we're seeing like healing and then other parts of the family come in. We're seeing whole families coming in. We've had three generations of family in there at the same time. All together where God's restoring whole families and touching them. We didn't plan it that way. It's not like, well, let's have a plan. Well, we ought to do a multi-generational recovery group. That's what it has nothing to do with that. God wants to touch people, and when people's lives are changing, God's then extending that to the rest of the family. And then we see uh, baptisms happening. We've baptized a lot of people, or they're coming in and saying, man, I just need Jesus. And they come in, and we, we dunk them, and we bring them up, and, and it's like, I'm going to live for Christ. And we've seen some of those people getting, coming in. We've seen people coming into recovery, and then coming through baptism, and then we're doing their weddings. And pretty soon we'll be watching their kids. All those kinds of things. But we've seen a bunch of weddings happening here. We have more weddings happening in this, before the end of the year. God's restoring lives and bringing people together and bringing families and building families. And we got a ton of people are going to be having babies this next year. This whole place is going to be full of little babies. I mean, it's growing in every way, and every ministry is getting packed out. So that brings me to what uh, I really want to share, uh, which is about just kind of where we're at. This is a vision of the church and where we're going, and then we're going to take some time to pray over it. This isn't going to be long. Um, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, because it's not a message, so to speak, other than it's just, hey, this is where we are, and this is where I think God wants us to go. Okay, so you guys ready for that? Uh, the beat church, I got us in the middle here, and this is just kind of what's happening. Uh, and I think it's all just the beginning seeds. You look and go, okay, this is kind of what's happening. These are things we talked about before we planted, 
And these are things that are actually happening. Some of them are happening in small forms. Some of them are happening already big. Things are growing at different rates as God brings the right people. But these things are happening. First is our community groups are growing. Uh, we have multiple community groups now in the city. We have three of them, and they are, they're getting bigger. There's, the spaces are getting full, and we're going to end up needing a couple more here in the next year because you only fit so many people in a house. Um, and so you end up needing, hey, we need to send a leader out to this place or that place. But that's like a, the, a long-term group where people are coming together and they're building relationship and they're seeing each other through all kinds of things. They're seeing each other through financial crises, through family crises, through celebrations, through victories, through struggles, through all of it. They're saying we're doing life together and we're loving each other and helping each other. And it's all ages mixed together. Why? Well, because sometimes an older person has something to share with a younger person that it might be a good idea to listen. And sometimes a younger person has some energy and joy and passion that's new that maybe an older person needs to be reminded of that do you know what we can still believe for something different and for some miracles and this kind of interconnection of things and sometimes men uh, do great in a men's group but you know I can spend a whole year with a guy in a men's group and think I know him and he's a great guy and he's doing great man he can quote all the scriptures I can get him to a community group that's got the whole family there and within five minutes I can say this guy's a mess his wife won't talk to him his kids don't go anywhere near him like he does great at men's breakfast, but when I'm actually here and I see him around his family, this guy's got something going on, and we need to sit down and, and figure out what's happened so we can help him out. And so the mixed group allows kind of a full discipleship and really seeing each other's lives and working things out. Uh, your ministries, you know, that's a big part of what the beat was about. You know, God said ministry that God's put on their heart and really begin to do what I've called them to do, and we're seeing that. We're seeing people start stuff. Open mic wasn't my idea. Open mic is ministries that are being started up here in the church. Uh, we're seeing, uh, you know, Nicole's taking off the foster closet. All the ladies that are helping her. We've got uh, Jacob starting uh, stuff with his uh, story ministries. And, I mean, people in here are starting and launching stuff. Say, oh, I have an idea for a ministry. Could we, put, could we do that down the road? Can we help out with this? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out what's needed for you to be a strong leader and a good leader and to be able to, you know, walk with the Lord in that because there is pressure when you're leading. But, yes, if God's put in your heart a ministry to reach people, it doesn't have to be that it was a beat ministry. It's a God ministry, and we want to get behind and support it, and we want to build it, and we're seeing those pop up, and we're seeing uh, that type of stuff happen. It's going to happen more and more. Recovery ministry, we've, we're in the process right now of developing the L3 stuff out so that it can be replicated all over. So there's a website for it. We've got lessons for it. Leaders' guides are getting worked on right now. Uh, this next week, we're starting to record videos for the lessons so it all can be put on one site where people can go through a process to get approved and then just start them. Maybe start them in an apartment complex, start them in an area of town where no church wants to go, start them in a jail, start them in a uh, wherever, another church, because it's not about us, but we want to have a recovery program that's available, that works, that brings people together, that gets them in touch with Jesus, and that people don't have to pay for. There are other faith-based programs. A lot of them you have to pay quite a bit of money just to get access to, and then you have to go through tons of training, and then you have to give back to them and all these things. What if there's somebody in a broken part of town, they don't have a lot of money, but they're serving Jesus, and they're like, I need to gather people and put them in a group and start teaching about the Lord. We want stuff to be available. You know, hey, use this. You know, you don't have to pay for it. Just use this. Take this. It's, it's going to help people get free, and we're already seeing it happen, and we're going to make it so it's possible for others. Biblical discipleship, you know, we're doing that. Biblical discipleship is life together. Okay, that's what it is. It's walking things out. It's walking things out. It's when I talked to, you know, I was talking to Brandon the other day. He's like, yeah, Betty's really got a heart for prayer, and she's getting some ladies together to pray. Okay, we didn't tell Betty to do that. That's Betty saying, let's get together and pray, and let's talk. People saying, hey, I'm going to get together and work on some Bible stuff with somebody. Great. 
a ladies' coffee, things where people are getting together and doing life together and ministering to each other, helping each other through forgiveness, helping each other understand the word. But we're also, you know, as we go, going to have a point where we do have some ability to plug into courses and classes, like, hey, I really want to do a deep study on grace or a deep study on Romans or a deep study on something and have more and more of those things as our church is growing and really knowing the Bible and living it out well. Growth groups are these groups that we do, you know, six to ten week groups. We're doing one unoffendable right now. And that's been pretty cool as people are coming together and just learning, like, how do you live without getting offended all the time? Um, you know, one way is to be in a coma. You're technically alive. It's harder to get offended. But if you have to wake up, it's harder, right? It's easy to get offended. So how do you live without being offended all the time? And how do you actually live that out? And so we're working on those types of groups. You know, Dave Ramsey we had before, Rooted, you know, different groups to help with that. Uh, love and respect, we're working on marriages. You know, faith-based businesses. You know, we believe that God calls people to keep a job. And they're trying to use those businesses to serve people and to serve God and to, and to uh, you know, make friends in the community by having good services. And some of those people that they're meeting are end up coming to church, getting saved. They're coming to know the Lord. Their families are changing. We have people in this church that came through a business connection that somebody had when they were out doing business. And so we see that. Family ministries. We've got uh, people that are talking already about, hey, at some point we want to see if we can get certified in counseling and stuff and start having like a, a, you know, a full counseling service at the beat and stuff. I don't want to do that. I do enough of it, but I don't want to do that every day, all day. I got, there's other stuff, but if you're like, we want to do it. Well, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's reach people. Let's help people. Let's talk them through where they're at. And let's help them reconnect. But these are all things that are going on. Church planting at some point. We want to plant churches. We don't, I'm not the only leader that can lead a church. There's many. There's people in this room that are going to lead churches. And you know what? That's okay. Because it's not my church. It's God's church. And God wants other churches and other places to reach people. There's some people that don't like my preaching. And so I've had most of them move out of my house now, um, but <laughs> some of them are, some people still don't. And do you know what? They won't come to this church, not because the worship's bad and not because our community's bad, but they just don't like my preaching. And you know what? That's okay because God's got another person that can preach in a way that they understand and they receive. And that's okay. That's why we need more churches. We need more, more things open. It's not competitive. We're all on the same mission. We're all on the same mission to reach Jesus and to, and to help people come to know him. So Hebrews chapter 13 Verse 5 through 8, it says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. We've been talking about finances. We've been talking about giving. And do you know what? Whether it's for individuals or it's for the church, this is important, is that we understand that everything that's coming into our life and through our life is temporary and that we're moving towards eternity. And so everything here we're using in a way, yes, to take care of ourselves, but also to show God's love, and to point people to the Lord. And so that's what we're doing. We're walking towards that, and so we can be content. I don't have to have everything that everybody else has. I don't have to have everything that I think that I wanted because God's taking care of me, and I can be joyful and grateful, and then I can focus on my time, my energy, my money. I can focus on somebody who is less fortunate or somebody who's going through a hard time, somebody who emotionally is struggling, and go help them and help their family, which takes contentment to be able to say, I'm going to put my desires aside to do that. And we know that God is always with us in all these things. He says, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. We've had a lot of reasons to be afraid in the last few years. And guess what? Before that, we had a lot of reasons to be afraid. And guess what's going to happen in the next few years? We have a lot of reasons to be afraid. There's always a reason to be afraid. There's always something going on. There's always a crisis. There's always a problem. There's always an issue. 
But guess what? We know that God is with us, and so we don't have to be afraid. What can mere mortals do? This life is temporary. We're going to a greater one. And so whatever is happening here, we can trust God and walk with God in. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that what God wants us to do is to, you read this verse and say, oh yeah, let's imitate our leaders. And you say, oh yeah, that's our pastors and stuff. Okay, pause, rewind. That was because there was only a few of us. But there's a lot of us now. And whenever somebody comes into the church that's new and they don't know the Lord, guess what they look at you as? One of their leaders. Do you know why? Because you're walking down the hallway with something to hand out. You're hugging them at the doorway. You're doing something. They're like, that person is in front of me where I'm trying to go. Their life's already restored. They're helping out at, at the recovery group. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're looking at you and saying, this is a person's a leader. And they're going to imitate your life and imitate your walk. Not just my life or my walk, but your life and your walk. And so as we do that, we look to each other and we want to live a life that's worthy of that, that points people to the Lord and stay in constant humility as we work that out. And point people there, Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. It says, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, that you may be able to have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and how deep is the love of Christ. So everything that's growing is growing out of a heart of love. Not ambition. We're not trying to build the biggest church. We're not trying to build the biggest this or that or have the fanciest this. We're trying to really love God, really love each other, and then just let God's abundance grow out of that. Let it continue to increase out of that. That verse, that passage goes on. It says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. So as God fills us, this is what happens. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. That as God's love fills us, the natural outworking is that he works through his love to do far more than we could ask or imagine. Far more than we can ask or imagine. In other words, God wants us to have a kid, and then they want to adopt a kid, and a year later, they got four kids. Praise God. So hallelujah. Amen. Bless the Lord. God wants us to do what? Far more than we can ask or imagine. Whatever God's pulling us into is more than we can handle, individually and as a church. Whatever God's pulling us into, because he's bigger than us and his love is greater than us, it's bigger than what I can pastor. It's bigger than what I can lead. It's bigger than my wisdom or my knowledge. And the only way that we're going to get there is I have to constantly be going to the Lord and saying, God, I'm going to need your help. Like, I know I, it's already more. I need your help. And guess what? The only way that you're going to get there, too, is by going, okay, Lord, we need your help. We need your help. How do we do this? How do we walk this out? How do we keep moving forward? as God expands and grows things in the church and in your own lives. So this last slide, it just goes back to this picture. And it's, you know, Jesus, it says in Colossians 1.17, that all things, he was before all things and all things are held together in him. The idea, we keep God first. If we keep him first, then everything else works. He holds it together. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith 
who for the joy set before him endured the cross, is that we keep our eyes on him. This is where we're going. This is the direction we're going. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff happening around us, and there's chaos, but this is where we're going. And he's taking us there, and people else can get on the bus. We're going to take uh, some time to pray, but this is what we're going to pray, is that I look at this, and whatever vision we have, uh, God's vision is bigger. And so we're outgrowing even every, every ministry in our church. Our women's thing, Women Are on Friday night, was packed out. It's getting too big for this space. Friendsgiving's too big for this space. L3 is really hard to even hear each other. It's getting too crowded in there. Sunday mornings, there's nowhere to park. It's getting crowded in here. It should be going to two services. We've talked about it a lot in our leadership teams and stuff, and we don't really want to go to two services. Uh, that's not our heart. Not just one, it splits up the family of the God's building. Uh, doesn't mean at some point we may not have to do that. We might have to do that because we don't want to turn people away either. But it also, if you go to two services, it really ends up burning a lot of people out typically because everybody's double serving and doing all this stuff. And then by the end of the day, they're burnt out, their families burn out, and their kids never want to come back to church. And then it's like, what happened? Well, we were just always working and there's no connection. So we really want to stay as one family and eventually plant churches as we outgrow that. Uh, but part of that will be looking for new space. Uh, this particular property may wind up just being an outreach center, you know, where we do outreaches, or we may not end up being here at all. I don't know where God leads that, but we are beginning the process of really praying for and believing for God to bring us a space that has more room, more room for ministries where we can have foster closet downstairs, doesn't have to be upstairs uh, for everybody, more room for when we have uh, community events that we can bring in more people to work with, more room for kids' classes. If you think it gets crowded sometimes in here, the kids' classes get way more crowded. Uh, There's nowhere to put them, and there's no other places that are even fire safety code, like we can't move them to another room, there's nowhere to put them. Like, we can't. And so there's just, we need room for God to grow things. And so how we'll do that, where we'll do that, I don't know. Let's take a miracle. God will have to open a door. But we are looking. We are praying. So keep your ears out, your eyes open. Who knows what God might bring? Uh, but we're going to be praying over that and believing that God will do that. And as all these things grow, I was thinking about these binoculars is we have vision with our eyes. We can see a certain distance, right? And a great leader, if you get a really a great leader, a great leader can uh, pull out their vision and they can see a little bit farther, right? I can see farther than you because I got these on. If I put it in the right way, y'all look tiny. But I can look and I go, wow, oh, look, wow. Nice hair. I love that, Don. It's looking really good. Wow. Okay. Uh, you can see a little bit better, a little bit farther down the road. That's a great leader's vision. But God's vision, right, is far bigger than any great leader's vision. It's much, much larger. And so, yeah, you look at somebody and you go, wow, they can see better than I can, see farther than I can. If I'm the pastor of the church, maybe I can see a little farther than you, but I got little vision still, just tiny vision compared to what God's vision might be. And these get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so God can see things that we can't see. And so what we want to do is constantly go back to God and say, God, I can see this far. Okay, God, I'm trying to have good leadership strategy. I can see this far. And then say, what do you want to see? And God's like, oh, come on, come over and use these. And he wants us by his spirit to be able to see bigger things. Why? Because he, the Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish. God wants to reach everybody. Well, I don't like that guy. He wants to reach them too. He wants to reach all of them. And so he's going to work through us to continue to do that. So what we're going to do right now is everybody stands up, is that we're going to um, actually take a few minutes um, right now uh, to do our prayer huddles. And then we're going to go over and have fajitas, fajitas. Um, but first, we're going to do our prayer huddles, and this is what we're just going to pray, because this is our anniversary, but this is our anniversary, our five-year anniversary, but this is like, you know, many thousands of anniversaries since God started all this, 
is that God has been at work. We're just a part of God's continuing story. And so as God is continuing to work and continue to do things, what we want to know and what we want is that we want our church to be wrapped around what is God's plan? What is God's desire? What is God's vision? What is his future? Not just for the church, but for you individually, in your family, in your workplace, in your life, in your community, as a part of the church, is that we want to take a few minutes to pray and just in your huddles, just give this church your life your will, your desires, your vision back to God. And you say, Lord, this is yours. Unless you build the house, we labor in vain to build it. So on our anniversary, we want to stop and pray and say, Lord, you build this. Lord, where do you want us to go? Where do you want our building to be? Where do you want our ministries to go? Who do you want leading? Who do you want helping? Lord, what do you want me to change? How do you want me to grow? How do you want me to reach out? What do you want? All the aspects. But just to take time and just really say, Lord, this is about you. You're in the middle. You hold all this together. You give us direction. And just take time to focus on him for a minute, okay? So ready? Look for some people to pray with. I'm going to count to five. We're going to break up into groups. And then after that, we're going to go party and have some fajitas. One, two, three, four, five. Break it up. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.